Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. It has been interesting, to say the least, to see the evolution of the mask in this country. Before COVID, you might see an occasional person wearing a mask now and again, but it was definitely unusual. And then the virus hit and things started to change. At first, Dr. Fauci, the CDC, WHO, WHO, and, and others said that most masks did nothing to stop the spread of COVID. Then, when the far left saw an opportunity to gain power, they did a 180 and said that not just those that are immune compromised should wear them, but everyone should. There were memes going viral that showed two stick figures urinating on each other to show just how masks work. It got really ridiculous and crazy. And to think that a cloth mask was going to stop something as small as a virus just was ridiculous. It got so out of control that the esteemed Dr. Fauci said that we should wear two masks, (laughs) one over the other. I've seen people do it as well. And we were also told to do as he said but not as he did, since he was caught several times not wearing even one mask at a baseball game. One of the things that benefits um, someone who is married to a nurse (laughs) is that you learn things that you might not normally. (laughs) My wife said from day one that these cloth masks were not going to stop anything. This came from her training. And just because we had a new virus didn't change the science of it. N95s were the only thing that could work. And even then, it had to be properly fitted. She would point out uh, someone wearing a mask that um, had, let's say, like a big beard and the hair was sticking out the sides and everything. And she would say to me, you know what that mask is doing? (laughs) And I would say, what? And she would respond with, nothing. (laughs) Here on the left coast, we still have indoor mask mandates, believe it or not. Yes, we are one of the last to come out of this nonsense. Even now that the majority of medical leaders are saying that masks don't work, we still have the mandates. I rarely wear mine and just uh, instead um, put up with the the dirty looks in the store. Uh, I get dirty looks sometimes when I wear the mask uh, since my mask says maybe Orwell got the date wrong. (laughs) For those that even know who Orwell is. My wife actually wears one that just says placebo across it. (laughs) She gets a few looks as well. But at this point, many people know it doesn't work, but they wear it to show their loyalty to the woke crowd. 
it's like the story I saw where there was a new person on um, a professional team and they were all, um, you know, professionals in, in, um, uh, in home type of work. Uh, they all worked from their home uh, remotely and they were all on a zoom call. And this new person was wearing a mask while teleconferencing from home. And you know what that mask was doing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so, so now that we are two years into the, the COVID virus, let's really do what we are told to do. And let's follow the science. And what is the science of masks? Well, going to Cato.org, it says, since the emergence of the COVID-19 pandemic, many public health officials, political and social leaders, and major news media have urged people to wear face masks to reduce the transmission of SARS-CoV-2 virus. The United States, in the United States, masking has become a flashpoint of controversy with school boards and local governments facing fervent and sometimes even threatening demands either for or against mass mandates. By September 2020, the U.S. government had distributed 600 million face masks for use by the public as part of its response to the pandemic. At the local level, 32 states and numerous municipalities implemented mask mandates at some point, and some political and social figures called for a nationwide mask mandate. At the height of the pandemic, New York City instituted a $1,000 fine for those who refused to wear face masks in public. And then presidential candidate Joe Biden proclaimed in a speech, quote, wearing masks is not a political statement. It is a scientific imperative. That's what Joe Biden said. Now, over 40% of the global population lives in countries that at one time or another mandated mask wearing in public areas to fight the pandemic. Yet, there is little consensus that masking, at least as commonly practiced in the United States, the using of cloth masks, is effective at suppressing various types of respiratory infection. In the surgical uh, operating room context, a review by Cochrane Collaboration, a widely respected nonprofit that, that provides comprehensive um, evidence-based summaries on various medical topics, they found, quote, no statistically significant difference in infection rates between the masked and unmasked group in any of the trials, unquote. Another Cochrane review of masking and influenza-like illnesses found that wearing a mask may make little or no difference to the outcome of influenza-like illness compared to not wearing a mask. Now, given that background, the World Health Organization was initially skeptical of encouraging the general public to wear cloth masks in an effort to you know, slow the pandemic. And the WHO's initial COVID-19 guidelines stated that cloth masks, i.e. cotton or gauze, that type of thing, masks are not recommended under any circumstance. 
And a subsequent update noted that, quote, the widespread use of masks by healthy people in the community setting is not yet supported by high quality or direct scientific evidence, unquote. That's from the WHO, WHO. So are masking requirements just public health theater providing, you know, baseless um, assurance to a fearful public? Or has new evidence emerged to confirm the belief that masks, or at least the cloth masks that are commonly used, reduce respiratory virus transmission? Here is a summary of the scientific literature on the effectiveness of masking, both against respiratory infection generally and against COVID-19. Masks interrupt droplet transmission, but does that slow COVID? is the question. Now, among the hallmark memes of the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, have been videos using special lighting and high-speed photography to visualize the dramatic differences in droplets emitted when a person sneezes with and without a mask. An, artif- an article in the New York Times explained that mask fibers, quote, create a haphazard obstacle course through which air and any infectious cargo must navigate, unquote. <laughs> Such vivid imagery promotes a um, misconception, let's say, that the emission of infectious particles primarily occurs during forceful uh, expiration, such as sneezing. And in fact, respiratory particles are emitted even when breathing. It doesn't take a droplet to transmit COVID, in other words. Little evidence suggests that frequent public sneezing <laughs> during the pandemic has been a key driver of, this, of the virus's spread. It is debated whether large droplets, greater than about 10 micrometers, in other words, or smaller aerosols contain the virus more effectively. But aerosol transmission has been demonstrated or is considered likely for other respiratory infections such as H1N1 influenza, uh, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, that's the MERS, uh, and the 2003 SARS virus. When smaller particles evaporate, they can stay suspended in the air for long periods of time to be inhaled, potentially causing infection deeper in the respiratory tract and at lower concentrations. SARS-CoV-2 viral particles have been detected in low-touch areas, such as like under beds <laughs> and in air samples taken from hallways outside patients' rooms. And that, that's consistent with, with uh, sustained aerosol distribution. So we know that it's an aerosol-transmitted virus. The greater the role of aerosols in spreading SARS-CoV-2, the less important is the filtering capabilities of masks because inhaled air easily flows through mask edges. The, the extent to which droplets penetrate a mask has not been established as reliable surrogate for the prevention of disease transmission. So randomized control mask trials and COVID-19. Let's, let's take a look at those. All right. The only two sizable studies evaluating 
masks in the in the context of COVID-19 failed to demonstrate statistically significant uh, reductions in confirming viral transmission, either for surgical masks, one study, or for cloth masks, another. The first study conducted from uh, April to June of, of 2020 in Denmark found that there was no statistically significant difference in those that wore three-layer surgical masks to a control group. The Danish study evaluated only the ability of the masks to protect the wearer and did not test their ability to prevent infection to others, the, the control source. A much larger study in Bangladesh uh, examined the ability of masks to reduce community-wide infection rates, including a source control. 600 cluster randomized villages, that 600 cluster randomized villages were studied between November 2020 and January 20 of 2021, including the data of only the 40% of those reporting symptoms who consented to blood collection and laboratory confirmed, uh, you know, there, there was no statistically, statistical uh, significant difference between the control village and villages cross-randomized to wear cloth masks. Hmm. On the other hand, in surgical mask villages, there was a statistically significant difference, but it was small, just 0.09%, not even 1%. Ex, um, the the, the study if, if you really explore the the study data 406 people had to wear masks for eight weeks to prevent one lab confirmed case of sars covid 2 yes it, <laughs> that's how insignificant it was also of interest five month follow-up um, surveillance revealed that proper mask use dramatically declined within um, intervention villages from approximately 28% to 14%, raising questions about, of course, yes, long-term feasibility of mask wearing. It should be noted that this study is sensitive to the unique conditions of Bangladesh, which essentially had no pre-existing natural immunity or vaccination during the study period, and children in schools were not included in the study su subjects. Now, let's, let's switch to observational evidence of COVID-19, which is what you see oftentimes when it comes to the media, right? The remainder of the real-world evidence regarding masks and COVID-19 is pri primarily limited to observational data, which are not randomized, they're not controlled, and they're not blinded. <laughs> Uh, a number of studies, for example, have compared locations with and without mask mandates as the country, state, and, and, uh, um, and, and county levels, generally including that masks are highly effective. One of the most highly cited such studies estimated that mask mandates prevented up to 450,000 cases by May 22nd of 2020, a figure that was widely reported, of course, in the news media, right? All oh, the masks, they're, they're saving all these different people's lives. Because of their strong potential for confounding, however, observational data prov um, provide only weak evidence of effectiveness. For example, in locations where legislators have uh, sufficient 
political support, like the left coast here, <laughs> to enact mass mandates, um, pol- uh, uh, populations may have different attitudes about COVID-19 that could affect behavior other than mask wearing. Among those are like hand hygiene, physical distancing, eating separate from ill family members, uh, voluntary business restrictions such as wa- uh, waiting line spacing or senior hours, a use of curbside pickup or disinfectants, installation of transparent barriers, uh, uh, adjustments to ventilation settings, school closures, um, or even discussions about keeping children home, uh, gathering size limitations, curfews, uh, reduced participation in large political rallies and, and other uh, outliers and, and activities. Uh, opening of home windows to improve ventilation, uh, selective mobility reductions by those with symptoms, uh, reduced uh, reductions in, in, in verbal communications when in public, uh, differing efforts in contact tracing even, um, greater use of, of diagnostic tests, and, and, and so on and so on. I mean, you, I could go on and on, but these are all factors that play into these kind of things when you look at it from an observational point of view. All these things and, and others skew the results, not to mention that most observational studies use self-reported wearing of masks rather than actual mask wearing. So you can't rely on those. So let's look at randomized controlled mask trials and, and, and things uh, when it comes to even other diseases. So at least 14 RCTs, or randomized control trials, have assessed the relationship between mask wearing and non-SARS-CoV-2 respiratory infections. 13 of the 14 failed to find a statistically significant benefit in the main treatment group. The one study finding a significant benefit to the mask wearing was a small pilot study of 164 pilgrims. Yes, 164 pilgrims during the uh, the 2002 Hajj season, uh, in in which 28 or 53 percent of the 53 non-mask contacts sleeping immediately adjacent to patients with known influenza-like illness became symptomatic compared to only 11 or 31% of the 36 mask uh, contacts. Now, however, a, a follow-up randomized controlled study by the same researchers that was more than 45 times larger, right? So they ended up uh, actually um, having a study of, of almost 7,700 people not only failed to show a statistically significant benefit to masks, it found higher point estimates of clinical respiratory infection among mask wearers than unmasked participants, although the difference was not statistically even significant there. Several RCT studies found some promising evidence supporting masks. For example, an Australian study of 145 families compared surgical masks, the N95 equivalent masks, and no masks in in suppressing influenza-like illness. In analysis of those self-reporting people, a significant benefit was found when surgical and N95 masks were grouped together. However, 
Adherent mask wearers reported higher rates of hand washing than non-adherent mask users. Uh, a reminder that the adherence could be confounded by other behaviors, and the main analysis of all randomized participants found no benefit. So let's take a look at the meta-analysis, trying to make sense of the many studies assessing mask effectiveness is a daunting task. Variations in the disease under studies, um, diagnosis methods, uh, mass types, uh, subgroup analysis, um, adjustments for baseline characteristics, adherent rates, um, potential biases, unknown uh, confounders, and, and other factors produced a confusing array of numbers and significant levels, often allowing multiple bites at the statistical significance apple, right? So fortunately, a number of scholars have integrated the findings of preliminary research studies into at least 31 significant reviews and and meta-analysis. These, these generally con- confirm an absence of clear benefit and conclude that if if present, benefits are small to modest. So some reviews, nevertheless, recommend masks based on a version of the precautionary principle like that if masks might help, it's, you know, they're, they're unlikely to harm you, right? So let's just go ahead and recommend them, <laughs> whether, no, whether or not we know they work or not. But do face masks have downsides? Well, it is important to consider that community use of cloth masks may accelerate rather than slow disease transmission. Yes, the WHO has noted the possibility that mask wearing could provide a false sense of security that induces individuals to forego standard uh, sanitary measures, although this concern is contested and the evidence is mixed. The review of of U.S. location data uh, aggregated from multiple phone apps uh, found that mask mandates were associated with 20 to 30 minutes of increased daily time outside the home and increases restaurant visitation. On the other hand, in Germany, a review of Google location data showed restrictions in visits to grocery stores and decreased in time spent outside the home following mask mandates. Regardless of their more nuanced effects, masks could accelerate disease spread in a much more striking manner. Inflated beliefs in mask effectancy uh, provide government leaders with political cover to reopen the economy safely or dramatically increase the volume of people visiting restaurants and bars and health facilities and, and the like. Other concerns are more subtle and their effects are unknown. In the Community setting, masks are repeatedly reused and ineffectively washed, leading to the possibility that they are inadvertently serving as homemade disease cultures. (laughs) In in contrast, mask studies usually provide participants with multiple clean masks per day. Um, uh, You know, the uh, uh, difficulties engendering by masks combined with their uh, obfuscation of lip movement could cause wearers to talk more loudly, which, of course, yields more droplets. <laughs> they lean to the side of plastic barriers and approach more closely. Um, you know, you're going to get you're going to get 
closer to somebody because you can't hear them as well. And that obviously creates a problem. The possibility that masks cause harm is not merely theological, though. Several studies have found higher point estimates of infection amongst mask wearers, and a few of which were significantly significant. Um, it, it, it is interesting when you take a look at some of this, uh, in, 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 like, for instance, in, in cluster randomized trials of healthcare workers, rates of influenza like illness in cloth mask wearers were more than three times higher than in the standard practice control group even though the mask wearing rates were more than twice as high in the mask group as the control group. Now, to be clear, these studies do not establish that masks cause harm. Statistically significant results occasionally occur by chance. But we do look at what we have. Now, making sense of available evidence is this. Taken taken as a whole, the available um, mechanistic and, and clinical evidence leaves uh, substantial uncertainty as to whether to and to what extent and, and under what circumstances community-wide use of face masks help. Now, we can see that fa- face masks don't really do a lot for us, at least the common face masks that we, that we have. The, the N95 or better obviously have some effect, but anything less than that, not so much. Now, notwithstanding the the lack of evidence, government officials may determine based on unlimited evidence that a community masking policies are appropriate. (laughs) Usually those are the liberal ones, right? Scientists and public health officials must take care not to apply double standard to available studies emphasizing projections of lives saved when evidence suggests benefit while focusing on study limitations when the evidence suggests harm or fails to show any effect at all. Now, the the use of unproven uh, non-drug uh, technologies uh, is not without potential harm. Um, when and, and and when we look at these type of things, the rationale is that that well, look, you know, if 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 it's not going to harm anybody, then let's go ahead and do it. But it looks like there's definitely some harm there. So, so this, this that we just covered is the evidence and the science. Masks and their mandates are political theater and really nothing more. There is no reason to wear a mask other than a properly fitted N95 or better. In fact, there are plenty of reasons not to wear the inferior masks. There is plenty of evidence that we are doing considerable harm to an entire generation of children by not allowing them to see our faces. Yes, our faces. I, in fact, I heard just the other day that there, there, there are some elementary teachers that are very concerned about some of the children that are not seeing faces. And particularly in how they speak, like for instance, when we say the the letter L, you really have to see somebody say the letter L in order to get it, because it, it sounds like other things. They're not seeing that. They're not seeing those faces, and the, and and even speech patterns are now being affected. There are people that 
I have met after the pandemic that I truly would not recognize if I saw them without a mask on. I, I, all I know uh, of them in, in, in what they look like is with their mask on. So to this, I say, let's drop this charade and get back to living normal lives without flying the woke flag on our faces. Now, you may agree with this and you may disagree. I would definitely love to hear from you on it. Um, you can always go to our Facebook page. If you do, I would definitely encourage you to um, you know, like our page and to uh, you know, leave a comment there, uh, whether you like it or not. I, you know, that the open and honest communication is always a big thing for us here. Uh, you can go and uh, and definitely to our website. We have merchandise you can purchase, and that always helps us out. And you can even hear other episodes uh, that are archived at this point. So you can do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. That's uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.